Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Iron Brew Podcast. Brad Mel, Matt Blanchard, Matt Ellis on this one. So we thought we'd have a look back over the last week. There's obviously been two games, you know, and we've lost them both, haven't we? Which brings all sorts of problems. Uh, let's. There's Wrexham, of course, lose three one there, and then losing two 0 to Maidstone at the weekend. Let's start with Wrexham. Then I guess we've been saying, haven't we, previously? And I know a lot of people have been thinking like this, but in some regards, it, it's a bit like a free hit, given that you know they're one of the bigger clubs. They're definitely going to be up there at the end of the season. There's a lot of money behind them. With that being said, they're still in the National League. You know, they didn't go up last season. Anybody on the day should be able to beat anybody, really. We've we've seen that the standard league-wide hasn't been that good overall, has it? Um, so, yeah, maybe, let's start there. Let's start with Wrexham. What did you make of the game? And then also, more specifically, what did you make of the comments afterwards? Well, didn't Dawes say that it was a free hit? Pretty much, yeah. Essentially. Essentially. Uh, yeah, yeah. The pretty much, right. So... I mean, it's one thing for fans to do it. It's another for the manager, isn't it? I think the problem is with that, like, like, yeah, like Wrexham were, you know, miles better than us for the most part. But the thing is, last season and even this season, they've still dropped points. Mm. So teams can still take things off them. You know, they're not, like, invincible. They're good. Especially away. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you should be able to still get something from them, you know. And I think we were just, what, completely outclassed pretty much. For most of the game, you could tell the quality though. You could see the the, the kind of golfing quality, but the fact that sort of doors came out and essentially said it was a free hit is 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 concerning, really. Given that we need all the points we can get to stay in this league, and we're at home, you know, and you know we've just come out of the football league, so saying that the free hit is like saying the, the mentality is like we're rolling over and lost before the game's even started, and it's just like oh whatever, I'm not bothered, you know, as long as we have a shot on target. So I just don't think it's acceptable, really. It's really kind of poor um, press management from those there, which you know is 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 not great, and it, it doesn't set a good precedent for the game really that that's that's kind of what i think i, I was a bit yeah annoyed with that comment let's say <clears throat> yeah i mean i would agree with that i think um you know you look at wrexham's form obviously home form is fantastic i think they've won nine out of nine and then you know the cup games as well i think they've, they've won those definitely won the fa cup game um so you know if we were going to wrexham you could maybe say you know you could probably argue that we're unlikely to get anything from that um but yeah at home um I would have hoped would have would have maybe got at them a little bit more. Um, I think looking at their away form, it's still good. You know, it's still in in sort of the top five or six, I think, in the league. But um, they went to Wilston at the weekend, didn't they? And, and they only managed to draw there. So um, you know, they they are. Uh, you can pick points up against them, especially on the road. Um, and I think you know there were a couple of spells in the game, um, certainly just after half time, maybe maybe just before half time as well, where. Um, we maybe just got in the faces a little bit more than we, we had done previous. I think we maybe gave them a little bit too much respect at times. Um, you know, I know we all know they've got some really good players, um, players that could maybe play a level or two higher. Um, but at the end of the day, I think if you stand off them and, and let them play, then they are going to look a lot better. Um, and I think we did that uh, at times. Um, and then I actually think when we did sort of 
get amongst them and and put a foot in and and try and make things happen. Um, going forward, I think we had a couple of decent chances. Nothing amazing. I think obviously Beeston probably should have scored. I think he's made a lot of space for himself there. He's, he's a clever little bit of play, but unfortunately the finish is poor. You've got Abter um, at the end, haven't you? It's it's in the bar. Yeah, I, I just there's a few chances, but um, you know it's. Yeah, I think on another night, Wrexham probably could have scored six or seven. Mm. Um, the chances they missed in the end, especially in the second half. Um, but I did think, you know, the, the two spells where we did put them under pressure, they did look a little bit ordinary, to be honest. And I think that was the most disappointing thing for me, that although they have a lot of quality, although they're a good side and they're going to be up there at the end of the season, I just think maybe we gave them a little bit too much respect at times during the game. Um and I think the other thing was they scored at really good times, you know, for, for them. Um, obviously, the first one, I wouldn't say it was against the run of players such. I think they'd had a couple of decent chances before that. But I think that kind of just knocked the stuffing out of us because we, we just started to maybe get on the ball a little bit and play. And, and obviously, it's a bit of a mistake from O'Malley trying to kind of lift it over the uh, over Mullin, wasn't it? Rather than just, just clearing it as far as he could. Um and you know, two he, seconds later, it's in the back of the net. It's a tapping in it again. Yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously the second one as well. You, you hope that's avoidable in the sense that um, their centre back scored a hell of a lot of goals already this season. Um, surely he should be someone we're looking to pick up in the box, and it's just a free header for him. And you know, I think he scored nearly double figures already, so he's a massive threat from from those situations. Um, and I just don't think we we defended that well at all. And I noticed at the weekend as well with with the Maidstone game. We were sort of zonal marking at times, which, you know, it's, it's fine, but you've got to pick up your, your key men. Um, you know, I think it was a bit of a mismatch in, in the middle there when the ball came in. I know, um, I think it was in Clare, wasn't it? Um, and I know, obviously, he's quite good in the air, but, um, you know, the, the other guy maybe had a foot on him. Uh, mm. sort of, um, and he's, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a decent header, but it's it's a free header and, and that should be avoidable. So the, those two goals really were avoidable, but they came at a really good time for, for Wrexham. And obviously the third one, when that came, you know, that ultimately just killed it off, didn't it? Because I think that was, yeah. um, we kind of maybe got on top a little bit just after the break. But when, when, that, when that came, that was that was it really. And it could have been, yeah, as I say, maybe two or three more um, by the end of by the end of the game. Well, it could have. And, and as you say, in terms of scoring at key moments, I mean they'd already had one cleared off the line by the by the time they scored the first, hadn't they? You know, um, I, I think, but I think you you are right in terms of, you know, we we could have got at them maybe a little bit more. I mean, I think our goal's probably a decent example of that. I mean, it's actually fairly well worked. You know, the ball over is is quite good, and and again, Roe brings it down nicely and and slots it away. And and I, and I think in some regards, you know, it was a good time for us to score. Yeah, you, you're two down, but you're approaching half time, and it's only a minute or two beforehand, isn't it? It, it, hopefully it should have given us a bit more t- to kick on. Yeah, I mean, that was really good play. Um, I would like to see Butterfield do that a little bit more because we know he's got that ability, you know, that passing ability and, and being able to pick someone out further up the field. And um, yeah, it was a lovely switch. And uh, I think Roe took it really well, actually. Um, but when you're playing with sort of your, your wing-backs, as we did against Wrexham, that's what you're hoping Roe and O'Malley um, do, you know, bomb on, find themselves in those situations. And whether you know it presents itself as a as an opportunity as it did for Rowe, or whether they can pull the ball back to to someone else in in the middle, um, you know that that's what they've got to be doing. And at times, I don't think they do that enough as as sort of wing backs, especially Rowe. Um, and I don't think it's his fault necessarily. I don't think he is a, a wing back out and out wing back. 
Um, so you know, it was it was good to see him up there, and um, yeah, he took it really well actually, which was which was good to see because sometimes you see fullbacks in that position, and um, you know they're not quite as composed. But that was a good finish, and it was a good move, and it was a good time to score. Um, I think that was disappointing, given you know that that kind of spell we had just after half time, where we did come out and put them under pressure, and we couldn't get that that next goal. So I think if we did, you know, who knows? I think ultimately Wrexham probably would have got on top. You know, I think they made some uh, decent subs and started to stretch us quite a lot in the second half in the channels and things like that. Um, and yeah, as we've said, ultimately that they, they made. They, I don't know, they, they missed a couple, didn't they? I think Mullin missed one when he was sliding in at the back post and I think they had a couple more similar to that. And um, Yeah, who knows what would have happened, but I think if we'd have got back at 2 all, um, you just never know and it may have given us something to hold on to. Mm. I think, obviously, for whatever we've said about the comments and everything like that, I think realistically nobody amongst the fan base was actually expecting you know a win uh, in that game. However, you look at the next one, you know, Maidstone, those are the games you've got to win. They're down there with us. You know, you absolutely had to get someone for that one. I think we were saying it on the last podcast. It's what everything you're seeing over Twitter and everything like that. And and more more than that is it, it, it was a winnable game. You know, it, it absolutely, we, we should have been able to get something from that. The fact that we've lost 2-0 there, that's a very concerning result for me. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I think the manner of it was, was really poor, you know, um, to concede how we did in the second half. Uh, but I think before that, I know Dawes came out and said we could have been out of sight on a different day. Um, I'm not sure I agree, to be honest. I think we had a couple of decent chances. I think Nuttall, obviously, not sure what he's doing with that one when he's sort of one-on-one with the keeper. Um, originally, at the time, I thought maybe it just hadn't come down quickly enough for him and he's kind of just misjudged it completely. Um, but watching it back, I think he, he should really have done better with that. Um, I think it was a just a poor poor attempt. I'm not sure what he was trying to do. Uh, obviously, didn't come off. Um, and then the the Lavery one, second half. Um, I expected him to score that actually because I, I think um, we've seen you know he's, he's quite composed. You know, he's, he's only scored is it one, uh, but the one he did score was was a really nice kind of composed finish. Um, so I would have expected him to do better with that. And again, not sure what he was trying to do, but he's, he's just got the finish all wrong. And I think they, those were the two. Um, having said that, you know, I, I don't think we'd have really deserved to be two up if we'd have, if we'd have scored those two. I don't think we kind of um, were were really uh, in control of the game. I don't think we were playing really well at all. I think um, the first half, I mean, we've seen some really poor halves between poor teams um, on numerous occasions in the past couple of seasons. But for me, that that first 45 was probably the worst I've seen for a long, long time. I just don't think there was any quality really in, in the game. I think it was really scrappy and, and you know, the, there was a lot of stop starts mm. and the ref wasn't great. And I just think it was just, yeah, just, just one of those um, really poor uh, afternoons for both sides. But even so, um, as you say, it's a game we've just got to win. Um, and I think Dawes, for me, got it wrong in terms of setting the side from up from the start. Uh, I know we talk about formations a lot and, and I don't really know what the best formation is. I mean, historically, 4 2 has been the way we go. Uh, and I think, you know, that that's, that's great. At the moment, do we have the players to play that? I'm not sure because we don't really have anyone that can play on the left for me. I don't know. There's no one I would really put on the left wing at this moment in time um, and go sort of without and out wingers. I, I just 
don't really rate Wilson that much. You know, when I've seen him, he doesn't really impress me. I don't think he's quite ready. Um, and with Feeney, I, I don't really rate Feeney, but he would be the other option, I would I would imagine. Um, so, you know, I can understand why Dawes is maybe trying the, the 352 or whatever he's done, 343 or whatever he, he argues it is. Um, but I think the way he started at the weekend with four at the back and then three central midfielders, an actor and no one at all on the left hand side, you know, playing a sort of four four two with, with no one on the left and everyone sort of in the in the middle and an actor on the right was was very odd. And I think we kind of lost actors, you know, when he's floating about, he's trying to dictate play, trying to make things happen. I think we lost that putting him pushing him out wide. Um so he was pretty ineffective until till maybe the second half when when we changed it a little bit. But um, but yeah, for me the the uh, formation was was completely wrong. And I think we'd have probably been better off with the with the three five two and and the two fullbacks if we were going to do that. Yeah, I think if you if you look back on those comments, you know, when he said we're sort of you know dominating it at times, I think it does come back to those chances. I mean, realistically, of all the chances we've had in recent games, you should in both instances, I think you've got to back your striker to score that. You know, I mean, Lavery's one is is obviously is pretty much one on one, isn't he? Um, I, I would say that there's a bit. It, probably in the second half, there was about a 20 minute spell where I thought, you know, we look quite good. You know, we got it playing quite nicely. Uh, and that, they're the moments where you've got to take advantage, really. Um, it got, maybe going back to the, the changes, obviously some subs. I think the Tom Pugh one was probably a forced one, given that, you know, he, he was on a yellow, wasn't he? And I think you know, it, was, it was a bit of a clumsy tackle for the, the, the yellow we did get booked for. It was like into the back of him, wasn't it? Um, so I think I feel like that one was more a case of, take him off before he gets sent off um, obviously Nuttall's going to be suspended as well now isn't he with his booking um, what about the J Row one I don't know as I say I, I just think the way I think Pew coming off actually we, we did lose it in the midfield mm. um, I think he was kind of winning quite a few of those niggly fouls Nothing, not doing anything special as such but he, he was you know contributing I thought um, you know that was that was a bit of a shame when, when he went off Um but yeah, I don't know. I think it was just so wrong from the start, really. I know we made we we kind of created a couple of chances, um, but ultimately, I, I don't know. I just don't think we we did enough. But I do think it it does come down at times now to kind of the the squad depth. You look at the bench; there's not that much on there, is there? You know, there's there's not really anyone that <clears throat> that can that can play on the left. There's not really. Um, much option, you know, if we if we go four four two, um, so I, I can understand to an extent why Dawes is is trying a few things, and yeah, the row one, <clears throat> I don't know, I, I think he just had to to probably go for it, but then again, there was there was just no one really was there um, at, at the back, and I think obviously the goals came, and and that was it. Once they got the first, I think that was you just felt that it was over really in, in terms of a, a contest. I know the the last one came pretty late, but um, I think that first one just just killed it, and they um, probably you know they, they maybe could have had another one as well. So um, yeah, those are the games you've got to win. I just think Dawes probably got it wrong, and and I think. The substitutions that were made, um, obviously, they will argue that that they made the right subs. I think their manager said, you know, I, I brought the right subs on at the right time. And and you look at the guy that scored the first goal; he's been on the pitch a couple of minutes, so um, you know he probably got it right. And uh, Dawes ultimately, with the with the result, got it wrong. And um, you know, the the most frustrating thing is that at Maidstone were were a really poor side, and mm. we just didn't really do enough to to win that game. And 
you know, we, we bounced back from the loss at South End with the Gateshead win and, and that was a must win. And I think we all kind of agreed that was a must win and we went and did that. Um, so, you know, we needed to look at the Maidstone one as a must win as well. And, and ultimately we didn't get it. Uh, and you look at the table now and there is a small gap starting to appear. Um, and you look at the games we've got coming up, sort of this side of Christmas. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm starting to get worried that that gap is going to get bigger and bigger. And, you know, it, it might be that it, it gets sort of insurmountable by the time we get new owners, if we get new owners in the building. Well, I was just going to come on to that. I mean, I- I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I don't even think it needs to be this side of Christmas. I think in the next, well, two or three games, I mean, it's Dagenham next, isn't it? Then Willstone, then um, Notts County at home, isn't it? Uh, so, you know, difficult games. I think the fact that it was Maidstone that we lost to and, you know, with them being in and around us, I think it has made people maybe look at the table a little bit more. I know we're still somewhat early in the season, but if you're not winning that game, you know, it goes back to like we were, you know, last season and the season before, you know, we're going to need a certain amount of wins to stay up and and where are they going to come from? Because if, if we're not beating the likes of them, then where are you going to get the points from? Yeah, I, I think we're in a real mess actually. Um, <clears throat> and I think it's probably a lot worse than we kind of realise at the minute. Um if you consider a few things like we, we just don't win our games away from home and um, what it's been like a year since we won away from home, we, we we don't keep clean sheets. We know that anyway, but we've not kept a clean sheet in 31 games, which is, you know, absolutely horrendous statistic. And what other club could say that at the minute? Um, and a couple of hard games coming up, the ownership situation, um, you know, as you said, we're not picking points up against teams we need to win at home against against teams like Maidstone and, and, and stuff like that. And I think <clears throat> things a little bit further away on the horizon in terms of the January um, kind of not transfer window now, but the sort of the looming issue with Aptas, the length of his um, kind of loan spell here, which at the minute comes to an end in January. And if that's not renewed and it would surprise me, honestly, if it, if it was, um, then like you take, obviously take the best player away. And then there's also question marks around Nuttall as well, because obviously his contract's up in the, in the summer and, and he's at the end of the day, he's scored nine goals and he's, he's scored by far the most goals in, in our team. And, and not really that, I think he's sort of like in the top 10-ish top scorers in this league. So people are going to look at that and think, you know, we can probably snap him up there. And again, you know, whatever you want to say about Nuttall, 
you know, he's very hit and miss, but at the end of the day, he still provide, uh, produced nine goals and you take that out and you're kind of in another um, loft situation, aren't you, where he wasn't amazing, but he was still the only one who was really contributing with goals, however little, if you like. So you take those two players out, worst case scenario, they both go in, in January and, you know, we're looking in a real mess, the uncertainty with the owners and stuff like that. And I think now people are starting to question sort of doors a little bit. Um, and I certainly did on, on Twitter um, at the weekend and, well, got abuse for it, to be honest. But um, anyway, and a few people did as well, just that kind of saying, you know, like what's going on now? The form's dipping. We've lost three in a row. We kind of had that decent patch of form, didn't we, where we, we, we started to get some points on the board, but they were mainly draws. And we said at the time, you know, draws aren't going to get you out of the relegation zone. And if, if a couple of those draws have been converted into wins and we had won against Maidstone, we'd, we'd be looking okay at the minute, but we're not, unfortunately, we're like, what? second or third bottom of the minute and as you said Matt there is a gap starting to appear now and you look around and you think where are these points going to come from because the performances have just been abysmal recently you know really really poor um, and it's like you're in that kind of catch-22 situation where we, we know the club's kind of what stance on the manager situation is that nothing's going to happen until new owners arrive but at the same time we're sliding slowly, slowly further into the mire, really. And I don't really think Dawes is equipped to turn that around at the minute because we are on a slide now. Let's 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 kind of identify that. Um the form's dipping, um, the quality of performances is 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 kind of taking a bit of a nosedive recently. And after a good bit of relatively good bit of form that only produced like what was it, one or two wins, you know, and and a few draws um and if we've seen this before where we've had that upturn and then we just kind of depressingly sink into the land of losses and every game and and that's what's sort of happening at the minute but you know we the club won't change the mind or at least that's what they've said um and we've seen when we've changed the manager, we've not really had a, a, man, a kind of a new manager bounce for a long time now. And, and that's obviously kind of in relation to the the, the the current malaise at the club, the mess, the ownership situation and, and, and stuff like that. And it's the gamble now, whether you stick with doors, you know, for the sake of argument, if we lose the next two, you're looking at five losses on the spin, you know, um, 33 games without a clean sheet. Um, and, we're just like, you know, do, do we bring another manager in? And it hasn't worked before, but it's sort of like the the last roll of the dice um, because you could bring a new manager in and there may be an upturn in results. There may be, obviously not guaranteed with, with this club, unfortunately, but there may be an upturn in results. And would that perhaps be enough to keep us in this league? Realistically, anybody's going to struggle with this team, this squad, this situation. I think anybody's going to struggle with it. But it does feel like we are sort of treading water at the minute, you know. As as you say, Matt, we've been told, as you know, as fan base, that basically Tony Dawes is the interim manager. I can't remember if it was explicitly stated until the club sold, or if we're just assuming that. But it does feel I'm like sure it was stated somewhere. Yeah, I'm sure it was. It does feel like I don't know. Even even if we just get a statement just saying something along the lines of, right, no, yeah, it will be Tony Dawes regardless till the end of the season, or. You know, just, just something. It does feel like at the minute we're just going game by game, and and, and not a lot's really happening. Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right, and and I don't know what they can say because they've they've got to think about this. Obviously, at the minute, kind of 
Dawes in in uh, a sackable position. It's not. It wouldn't be the sack though, would it? He would be kind of. He'd go back to the academy. He, surely they would just yeah. knock him down back to the academy. They wouldn't get rid of him. Um, so, and I'm sure they probably said that to him when he agreed to take the job. Um, and, and obviously, we know the reason why Wilcox didn't want to take the job was because he would literally be out of a job. But at least there's that security there for Dawes, um, which I suppose means there's kind of no consequence to his performance, which is a bit of a weird situation. But whatever, there's no point in talking about that in a minute. But I think that <clears throat> we, we they need to be having that conversation now. Um, and certainly, if if the results in the next two games don't show kind of, and, and we lose both of them, but we've we've got to think about this really really seriously because it that may well be the last sort of throw of the dice for Scunthorpe United if you like because I, I think that genuinely if we do drop into regional football and I, I genuinely think that that will be the end of the club if not it will happen soon after and, and obviously if that happens we're a lot we're, we're less um, kind of attractive to potential investors and so I, I just think that you know, this is a serious decision. This is, it's, it's like the decision is, do we change the manager and do we find somebody from somewhere to bring some more players in? Because there's no transfer window, we could do that. And we, we still need to address the, the situation. I don't understand this, by the way. Um, Like, I know I've been going on for ages, but I just think it's worth talking about this. I don't understand the fact that we, we when we brought players in, it, it's either a striker or a midfielder. And we've not kept a clean sheet in 31 games. You know, look at that. The defence is is a mess. We, we ship every game. We know that. The, the goalkeeper's not good enough. The centre-backs are not good enough. Um, so really, the what somebody needs to have that light bulb moment and think, Jesus Christ, we can't keep a clean sheet, even though we've seen it for the past 31 games. Let's bring an experienced goalkeeper in. Let's bring an experienced centre-back in. I know Boyce is experienced, but it, it just doesn't seem to be working out if it's him and Taft, because Taft is, let's be honest, he's a donkey, to be quite, you know, put, putting it mildly. He's not very good, and he's not been very good for a while. So I'd like to see another experienced centre-back come in and play alongside Boyce with an experienced goalkeeper. Um, and I think that that is, is genuinely what we need at the minute. And if we can do that, and think about the manager situation, then we can, you know, we need to be serious about this. That's what I'm saying. I don't think that's that, that's not being addressed. And nobody's talking about it, you know. Like, we, we can't keep clean sheets, but we're not, I mean, we know there's been a lot of criticism about Dewhurst. You know, he he, he pulls off some great saves, but it's, just, it's the Watson situation again. Everything else is crap, do you know what I mean? So it's like this problem again, where we have this obsession with 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 kind of, inexperienced goalkeepers which again is costing us every single game unfortunately um so I, I think that needs to be addressed and i think we need to seriously have a conversation or somebody at board level needs to think about the manager and i know people are going to get upset by this and the whole doors is a, a club legend stuff i'm not in disagreement with that but we're looking at the survival of the football club for somebody to come and say we need to look at the manager we are not getting the results and to then be shot down for saying that is incredibly obtuse it's incredibly stupid it's incredibly short cited and I think that that's the conversation that needs to be happening now. Yeah I think ultimately it comes down to the the ownership situation and I know um, you know at the end of October Turnbull came out and said there was no issues paying wages you know everything was fine um, but we do know and Peter Swan has confirmed that the money at some point is going to stop um, and you're looking at sort of how long it can go on for like this, how long is he going to keep kind of topping the club up? Um, and I think, obviously, there were rumours about the end of October. Uh, we're now heading into the end of November. Um, 
so it'll be really interesting, I think, in the next couple of weeks because I do think that Swan will want the club sold um, in the next couple of weeks if it's going to happen. Um, and I think everything kind of relies on that. Um, I think any investment in the squad is going to rely on that because I think at the moment, I just can't see any players coming in um, unless we can move some out. You know, I think it might be a situation where we could maybe sell one if there's anyone that, that anyone wants to buy, you know, maybe a nut or um, to maybe swap and, and get a couple more players in. Um, but even that, I think it's going to be difficult given the club's financial situation. You know, I think we were literally hoping to sell Nuttall just to pay the bills and, and get through another, um, you know, few months of, of football and, and kind of paying the wages and things like that. So to kind of hope that we might sell someone and then reinvest that into the squad, you know, I, I don't know if that's going to be the case. Um, so I think the management situation, although it does need looking at, and I do think we do need someone with experience of the league, um, I just can't see it happening at the moment until the ownership situation sorted. And that's why the whole thing is is so crucial. You know, at the end of the day, um, if it isn't sold, you know, that or, or we know what the worst case scenario is. We know that, um, you know, at some point down the line, if, if Swan does say enough's enough, I can't I can't afford to kind of keep the club afloat or he doesn't want to keep the club, club afloat. Um, you know, you're looking at administration, worst case scenario. Um, you know, best case, he does sell um, soon and we can get some investment into the, the club. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm pretty sure if, if new owners came in, the management generally is, is something they do look at, isn't it? If you look at other clubs, um, they usually want to bring their own man in um, and I'm sure that will be the case this time. Um, but I think there's, there's a hell of a lot to sort out um, if that is to happen. Obviously, if, if new owners come in, um, yeah, I mean, the management, managers, coaches, you know, that that's just the start, isn't it? And then players and, and sorting out all the sort of off-field issues as well. So it's it's not a, a small task. I think that it's a massive task. And I think um, even if, you know, new owners do come in sooner rather than later, I'm not convinced that it'll be an immediate turnaround. You know, you look at Oldham, I think their fans were delighted when, when the guy's gone in there and, um, bought the club, he's invested, he's brought a new management team in, you know, he, he keeps finding money for players um, and they're down there with us in, in the, the bottom of the table, um, in, in the bottom four. So to think it's going to be an immediate turnaround, you know, it probably isn't. Um, but I do think it's needed to give us half a chance because at the moment, I think Matt was spot on with APTA, um, you know, nothing confirmed, but everything that Blackpool are saying, you look at the manager, you look at, I think it's their head of recruitment, um, they're all kind of pointed to the fact that he could play at a higher level um, and he's sort of taken each level he's he's played at in his stride. Um, you know, if we're being realistic and, and you know, we, we look at it, he's probably going to be recalled. And if he's not in the Blackpool squad, um, he's going to at least be playing at League Two, I would imagine, in the new year. Um, and that's a massive, massive problem for us because... You know, he's contributing goals, um, he's scoring goals. Um, and as Matt said, you know, if you take him out, you take Nuttall out, there's very little left in terms of goals and, and things like that. Um, no matter what you think of, of uh, Nuttall, um, he, is, he is our top scorer at the end of the day. So, um, yeah, I think it all rests on this ownership situation and, and I've just got everything crossed, really, that it, it is resolved by the end of the month because I think it's 
probably getting to the stage now where um, you know it, it's in the best interest of everybody really because it's, it's beginning to drag on a little bit and um, well, that's it. It, it. It's probably gone on longer than I think anybody, even at the club, was anticipating. And I think, and that's what comes back to the Tony Dawes situation. How long do they ex- did they expect him to actually be in temporary charge? Did they think it was going to be, you know, a couple of weeks, a month, maybe? And this is what I mean by it, sort of feeling like it's treading water. It's just like mm-hmm. we're waiting for something that's not necessarily going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Um, but again, Swan isn't going to make a decision on the manager. Bring someone in for, you know say that the club is sold in two weeks they want the new man they may have indicated already that you know in these negotiations with Swan that they are looking to bring in a new manager you know they're they're going to invest X amount in the squad I'm sure you know Swan always said that he was hoping to find someone you know that with with the best interest of the club at heart that's going to that's got the necessary um, you know money to take the club forward and and make sure the club can can be run so I'm sure these kind of things are coming up in in conversations and negotiations. So I'm sure he's got a good idea of, of what's going on. And, and you would imagine that a new man um, or new team, new um, new ownership uh, group will want the new man. And I think that's probably the reason why we are in the situation. But as you say, it's no good for anyone, is it? It's no good for um, the players. It's no good for, for the club in general. And um, yeah, I think, you know, for me, it's got to be, got to be sorted in the next couple of weeks otherwise I think you know relegation again is is a very very strong possibility and we're gonna have to leave that there actually um we don't have an awful lot of time to record tonight but just a bit of a start of this discussion I think I imagine this will carry on into the next one we'll see how the result at uh, Dagenham is Uh, but no thank you for listening to this one and we'll see you on the next one Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 